Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hey, it's Rachel Cook, your modern mentor. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you to Scott Anthony Barlow, host of the Happen to Your Career podcast. Scott is an executive and career coach who trades in research-backed methodologies, helping high-end performers find meaningful work. To date, he's helped nearly 40,000 people find their career happiness. And today he's with me to offer wisdom that you can run with to find your own happiness. Hope you enjoy. Scott, welcome to the Modern Mentor Podcast. So excited to have you today. I am excited to be here. One of the areas that you have a lot of expertise, and candidly, where I have started getting some listener questions recently, it's in the realm of making a career change. So I would love to dive into this if that works for you. Yeah, let's do it. I love to talk about career change. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, the first thing I would love to ask you about is, because you've been doing this for some time now, and I'm curious... How has that conversation changed in your eyes since the pandemic landed upon us? Have you seen it evolve? Yeah, absolutely. And I think evolve is the key word. Although the pandemic has been so not great in so many different ways, and I don't want to underscore that, I think it's created so many different opportunities at the same time. Everybody has been in some degree of wait and see mode over the last year and a half. So if you are thinking about making a career change right now, and it sounds like you're getting this question more and more regularly, because there's been, let's be honest, there's been a little bit of a you know, buildup and a little yeah. bit of a, a pent up in with that wait and see. It's going to be more difficult, especially if you're going to use what we call conventional methods. So conventional methods are, I'm going to go on indeed.com or I'm going to go on you know, LinkedIn, or I'm going to go on Glassdoor. And there's nothing wrong. Like I love indeed.com. However, if you're going to go and apply that way, or you're going to go and respond that through those normal conventional channels, then everyone is doing that right now. So all of a sudden you're in this space where everybody has been waiting for it. And now much like airline flights, I just you know got back from a flight last week and there's limited flights available and everybody is on them. All the flights are full. Okay. Well now all the flights are full as it relates to career change through those conventional channels. So I do go back to what I said earlier. I think the pandemic has created huge, huge, huge opportunities because the companies and organizations that have not even all necessarily the ones that have thrived, but the ones that have adapted even 
are now so much more open to different types of roles that we are seeing left and right, that there's a massive opportunity to be able to not just go and respond to this off the shelf type ad on indeed.com, but instead be able to get an offer and have it modified or create your own role for an organization, find the right organization, build a relationship with them and have them create a role for you. So that sounds like a thing that people might want to hear a little bit more about. I think that there is kind of a default assumption that when you are looking for a new role, you've got to go out and see what roles are out there. The idea that you can invent one that suits you, that sounds really interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that it really depends on what your goal is. If your goal is simply to get another job or make more money or, you know, find a job that is just better in this one particular area, then I think that some of those more conventional methods, going out and finding out what else is out there, like you said, already, already available and there for the taking, I think that that is potentially a a right method for you, although it's going to be more competitive. However, if your goal is instead to identify a way for you to be more of yourself at work, be able to get the types of growth that you want to, be able to do work that is more fulfilling for you in your particular situation or lines up much more with what you value the very most, I'm not talking only about like the quote unquote values and I, you know, I really value integrity and that sort of thing. I'm I'm also talking about like where and how you want to spend your time and what you value as a person. Like for example, something we hear again and again, uh, you know, just heard the other day from a conversation, you know, somebody who is here in the, here in the U S and they were in a role that really just didn't value family time at all. The organization didn't value family time at all. And many other things lined up. They had great coworkers, et cetera, et cetera. They were staying for the people, you could say, but they couldn't go to their kids' you know, school plays or uh, whatever else. So they were looking to try and find out where there was much more of what I value, how I want to spend my time. Is it more alignment with what the organization values too? So those are the types of things that I'm talking about. If you have goals where you want to have all of those pieces much more in alignment, that is likely going to be more difficult than just going and getting a job off the rack or off the shelf or on indeed.com. So that's where it can be appropriate to create that type of job. And I can give you some examples of how that works. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's take a couple real world examples here. Let's take a story of Laura. Laura was uh, Laura is someone who we got the pleasure of helping uh, just a little while back. And in her case, she'd been with her organization for eight years. She'd done really well. She had promoted up pretty rapidly. She had actually three promotions to the point where she was leading a team of 20. She was a, I think she, her role was a senior director of something in sustainability. And through that period of time where she had promoted up, it turned from a great situation that was challenging her in the right ways to a situation where she found herself leading this team of 20 people who were all very passionate about their work and she wasn't at all. And that felt really very terrible for her in that, in the fact too, she had had her first, first child and had realized, wow, this, like, I can't go, I'm not going to miss spending time with my child to go into work that I'm just not that excited about. It's just, it's just not worth it. So 
we started working with her. And one of the things that we did very first is help her identify what creates an amazing situation because it's going to be really difficult to know where you're going if you don't have a destination, right? So part of the work that we had to do with her up front is help her create what we called an ideal career profile, which you could just think about that is let's break down all the areas that she needs that really create a situation in which she can thrive, right? And if she knows that, it's so much easier to identify organizations that are a potential fit instead of just choosing from what's available and what's already out there and what's already posted. So that gives her the ability to then go start seeking those out. So here's what we did. We built a list of organizations that were a potential fit for her. And I think she had, you know, 20 or 30 organizations on there. And then she started going and having conversations to try and test this out. You've probably experienced this before. You ever, ever gotten a job where you felt like it was a little bit misadvertised? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. So everybody's probably had some similar experience, right? So I don't think that's always intentional. I mean, you work with a lot of organizations. You've seen, you've seen where it happens accidentally or unintentionally, even with great organizations. Uh, So I think, and I believe very strongly that it's our job to identify for ourselves. So that's part of what Laura was doing. She had this hypothesis of what creates her ideal career. And then it was her role to be able to go and figure this out. So one of the ways that she did this, that was, was super easy. She scheduled conversations with people at, and sometimes multiple people at all of these organizations. You know, I'm not talking so much about like information, informational interviews. I'm talking more about, you know, just super simple conversations where she would contact them and say, Hey, look, Hey, I'm, I'm in the midst of making a career change. I'm trying to figure out what is right for me. And I, you know, I am really interested in your organization and the types of role that you happen to be in. And I would love it if you could, you know, make 15 minutes for me. And if I could ask you a couple of questions, uh, would you be willing to do that? And most people would say yes, not everybody, but most people would say yes. So she'd go and she'd have these conversations. Many times they'd turn into like 40 minute or hour and a half long conversations. And two things would happen. This is the strategic part. She would one, find out if those organizations were a good fit, or at least find out if she needed to dive deeper in one way or another. And then two, she's also building a relationship with those people at the same time. Because if we go back to how do you get roles created for you? How do you get exceptions made for you of any kind? Often it's through some kind of foundation of relationship. It's not necessarily the random person that I see in a stack of resumes. You've been in HR before, so you, you, know, you know how this works. You've seen this and you know, you're filtering through way too many people only have so much time and you have to get the position filled, but you want to fill it with a great person, but like all that's in conflict, right? So instead of that, you know, she was going and having those conversations and some of these organizations she found out were a great fit with those people, which she now had a relationship with. It was so much easier to go back and say, Hey, you know what? I would really love to work for this organization at some point. Could we have a conversation about how that might happen sometime in the future? And she did that with several different organizations and ended up with her top choice, which is something that it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens uh, very frequently where people end up with their top choice because of taking that very strategic approach at the very beginning to go all the way through 
what I'll call uncharted waters here, as opposed to just choosing what's available in front of you. So there's one really, that was a long story, but that's how it actually works. That was over a period of seven months. So I don't want to underscore that if you're choosing the path less taken, you know, you get to do what most of the rest of the world doesn't get to do, but it also, it's more work. I love a couple things about that strategy because I think we're in this moment where I think in a lot of jobs, having the the qualifications and meeting the criteria of the job description is is kind of table stakes, right? And it's the people who actually stand out are the people who are showing up differently, right? They're showing up in, in a way that says, I want to make my next job a part of my life. I care enough about the career choice that I'm going to make to invest my own time in just reaching out and meeting people and building relationships. And I want to learn about your organization. So you're building that credibility. Um, and then if and when a job does open and you go in for an interview, now now you've got a little bit of insight. Maybe you've paid attention to the language that that person used and you play some of it back. Or maybe you can talk about, you know, here are some things that I think I've learned about your culture and you really have an opportunity to kind of show up. You know, one piece of advice I love to give people, and I'm, yeah. I'm curious if this resonates with you, is I, I always, my very first job out of college, I worked for a recruiting firm. And the number of people I talked to who were like, oh my God, I'm miserable. I need a new job. Find me something. <laughs> and then you you just end up picking the first thing and then and then you're still miserable, right? And so I always tell people, don't wait until you're miserable. Don't even wait until you're a little unhappy. Like what you're describing that should be business as usual. You should always be somebody reaching out, making connections, talking to people because you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from and you never know when you're going to need it. And to your point, if it's going to take seven months, if five of those months could be spent while you're actually still happy at your job, how amazing would that be? Exactly. And I think that's so useful because usually we as humans have a tendency not to do anything until the pain is so great, right? Yes. Like that's that's because what makes change us human. Is horrible. So, yeah, all the things there. We all know how it works. However, that is something that I think if you are in the situation where you're beginning to have doubts and you are trying to decide, hey, like, should I do something about this? Even before that pain is so great to where you feel like, oh, I have to, the only, I have to do something about this. Long before you get to that is the best place to make a career change from. If you're at the stage where you have to, then, hey, you've got to do it. But ideally, you can get there before. And a couple of questions that we use for people to act as signals or indicators about, hey, should I seriously consider making a career change or beginning to act on this now? Here's one of them. Uh, are the things that are not matching up for you in your current role, current company, current situation are you willing to stay around long enough to change those or make an impact on those? And if the answer is no, you should get the heck out because you're going to, even if you are a really high performer and you're doing good things for that, that organization, eventually that's going to change. And eventually you're going to continue to feel less fulfilled. It's going to be a downward spiral. I've seen it again and again and again. The only thing that changes is the amount of time it takes. That's different on a per person basis. The other question I would encourage you to think about, I'll preface and say, everybody goes through this roller coaster a little bit where like we have some great days and like, oh, this isn't so bad. You know, I can, I can deal with this. And then you have a couple of days in a row. And I had somebody tell me the other day, like I ended up in tears like four days in a row, but then I went back to work and like, Hey, this is, you know, this is, this is pretty good. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> and it, if you're going through that roller coaster in that particular way where the highs are, oh, this isn't so bad, that's a cue to realize that you need a new level set. If the very highest points are, oh, I could deal with this, like that's that's the furthest thing from thriving. And I know that you, you know, you and I got to have a conversation just a little bit ago where we were talking about thriving and that's the opposite of thriving. That is toleration. And toleration sounds strangely like accidentally settling. And when you are accidentally settling, that is the enemy of thriving in many different ways. So it, that is your clue. That is your red flag right there. If your highs are basically mediocre, then you need to do something about it. I think that's a really important reminder because especially, you know, we're, we're in this moment right now where like the boundaries between work and home and all been blurred, right? So it's not even like, all right, work isn't amazing, but I show up at nine and I turn it off at five and I can talk. No, like that's not good enough anymore because we're in some fashion, we're kind of always working. We're never turning it off. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily healthy, but, um, but it really has kind of blended into our lives overall. And I think that the, I think the imperative to really pay attention to how you're feeling about your work is, is stronger than it's ever been. Absolutely. And I mean, for me, not to get super morbid, but I always, it helps to remind myself of my mortality. And and I think about if I've only got so many years on the planet, I would absolutely rather spend those years in ways that I feel amazing about versus mediocre. I don't want to get to the end of my life and, you know, people talking about me and they're like, oh, he was, he was really awesome at being mediocre. Like that is, <laughs> that's not the dream. <laughs> that is not, that is no. the, the anti-dream for yes. not, not just me, but I think for many people too, the challenge is how do you do that on a day-to-day basis? And I think that aligning yourself with a role or an organization or a job or an opportunity, you're plugging into a system of how you are functioning often for years. And if you're accidentally staying in the wrong situation or choosing a situation that's not, maybe it's right for somebody else. Maybe it's great for someone else, but it's not great for you or it used to be great. And now it's no longer great. That's that's accidentally accepting and letting mediocrity into your life, which is is no way to go through life. So I appreciate you responding to that and, and acknowledging yeah. that. I think that's super oh. helpful. Absolutely. So I want to be respectful of your time, but I would love to ask one more question of you. For somebody who maybe is feeling a little bit stuck in a job for whatever reason, they've done the sort of interior assessment and they're like, no, 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 this is just not good for me. I I need a change, but I feel stuck. I feel trapped. I don't know where to start. Like I need somebody to help me figure out what is the first step that I can take. And I'm sure that it's a little bit specific to the situation, but generally speaking, if somebody just feels stuck and frozen like a deer in headlights, what are a couple of like small actionable things they can do just to get the ball rolling? Well, first of all, that and that's such a great question because if you don't take the first steps forward, you can't really take each consecutive step that happens afterwards. Here's the way that both myself and my team have a tendency to think about this. Like, what are the things that we can do immediately that make all the rest of the steps easier or possible? So we often will do what we call creating a plan for inevitable success. 
that where when it gets hard later on the road, because career change, let's be honest, most people think about career change as like an occupation change. We find that very often it requires, especially if your goal is more fulfilling work or work that aligns with you, it allows you to be more of yourself at work, aligns with your values. That also requires behavior change as well, which means that during that process, during that seven, you know, four, five, six, seven, ten 10 months, nine months, whatever, you're to some degree becoming a little bit of a different person to be able to accomplish that goal. So it's not just an occupation change and that requires a different level of planning and strategy. So one of the first things that we do anytime, like, you know, I think you and I were talking about, we've been writing book, right? So at the beginning of that, we knew that we'd never done that before as a team and it required a different level of, of strategy. So we said, well, what are the, who are the people we need to align ourselves with that are going to keep us going? And that's a great place to start. Like, how can you create a support network? How can you create a team of people that's going to carry you through the rest of it? So that's one thing you can do right at the beginning. There's many other things you can do for plan for inevitable success, but identify who are the people you need in your court to help you, not just through this change, but through 10 or 12 months. Love it. And here's, here's one other thing too. If you're trying to figure out what could be right for you, we have a free eight day mini course that asks you, you know, at different email every day for eight days, guides you through some exercises that will help get you started, help get you that first step. And you can go, you can find it on our website at happentoyourcareer.com, or you can go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. And put in your name, put in your email, and it'll send it to you every day for eight days. Oh, fabulous. Thank you so much for that. I, I am definitely excited to go check that out. And I am confident some of my listeners will find their way there as well. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. This is fun. Oh, it's been such a treat. And so I, I would love for you to just tell people where they can hear your voice more, where they can learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. We have we also have a podcast, as it turns out. <laughs> so you can search Happen to Your Career, H-A-P-P-E-N, as opposed to your career happening to you. So happen to your career and it will pop up on any podcast player, any place where podcasts are played, whatever your choice is. And you can certainly go to happen to your And that has both that podcast as well as our seven other podcasts too. Okay. That feels like a challenge. I just host the one. <laughs> Not intended to be, I promise. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. There was so much goodness into this, or there was so much goodness in this conversation. I'm really excited for it to hit the waves. Thank you very, very much, Rachel. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Scott. Check out his show, Happen to Your Career, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a question I can answer? Check out all the links in my bio for ways you can reach me. You can also visit my website at leadabovenoise.com. Or follow me on the Modern Mentor Podcast page on LinkedIn, where I share exclusive tips, videos, and musings. Join me next week for another great episode. Until then, thanks so much for listening and have a successful week. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it, between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.
Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.